0: A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. I have an uncle who is a retired Marine, a Vietnam veteran, and actively involved in the recovery community. He's also a faithful Christian. He has been a mentor of mine my whole life. I've learned so much from him in particular, the many ways in which the 12 steps and the Christian life overlap. For instance, we were talking recently about the difference between talking the talk and walking the walk. How in the end, watching a person's lips doesn't count for much. It's watching their feet that leads to the truth. How often is it? that we talk a great game, but our actions, our feet, tell a different story. Of course, this isn't just true for the recovery community, it's true period, including and especially for Christians. As my uncle says, if you want to see where a person's faith falls out, don't watch their lips, watch their feet. Another universal truth shared between the fellowship and the Christian faith is that membership in both communities is defined by the acknowledgement that we have a problem we are powerless to solve. This is where I think the church could actually stand to learn a bit from the program. The truth is that we gather in church and as the church primarily because we acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a savior. The faith begins with repentance, confessing that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all talked one way and walked another. For Christians, to talk the talk begins with the acknowledgement that we are not capable of walking the walk, apart from, we would say, the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The objective of the Christian life is not to sit in our sin to wallow in our helplessness or to feel sorry for ourselves. No, the objective is to be redeemed and restored and filled with the new and unending life offered to us by our risen Lord, who, as the scriptures say in our reading today, has promised to make all things new. The goal and the means to the goal of the Christian life are one and the same, our Lord Jesus Christ himself. He does not destroy or obliterate the old self. He destroys and obliterates the sickness, the impairment, the sin and death, enabling the old self to be transformed into the new. And so we identify as broken in the same way that an addict would identify as an addict, even as we endeavor with God's help to be transformed into a new person. So I can say... Both these things simultaneously, hi, my name's Doran and I'm a sinner, and thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In truth, the latter statement has no meaning apart from the former. How does our Lord Jesus Christ call us and empower us to live as partakers of this new life in him? What is the walk we are called to walk? Jesus, in today's gospel, cuts right to the chase and gives us, as N.T. Wright puts it, the simplest, clearest, and hardest commandment of all. A new commandment I give to you, our Lord teaches his disciples, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. What is so new about this commandment? What's new about it is the nature of the love to which we are called. Love one another, Jesus says, as I have loved you. The nature of God's love revealed to us through his Son is self-sacrificial and finds its fullest expression on the cross. St. Cyril of Alexandria on this point writes, it's not a short quote, but it's a really good one, so bear with me. St. Cyril writes, The law of Moses mandated the necessity of loving our neighbor as ourselves, yet our Lord Jesus the Christ loved us far more than he loved himself. Otherwise, he would have never descended to our humiliation from his original exaltation in the form of God and on an equality with God the Father nor would he have undergone for our sakes the exceptional bitterness of his death in the flesh, nor have submitted to beatings from the Jews, to shame, to derision, and all his other sufferings too numerous to mention. Being rich, he would never have become poor if he had not loved us far more than he loved himself. It was indeed something new for love to go as far as that. Christ commands us to love as he did, putting neither reputation, wealth, or anything else before love of our brothers and sisters. If need be, we even need to be prepared to face death for our neighbor's salvation, as our Savior's blessed disciples did, as well as those who followed in their footsteps. To them, the salvation of others mattered more than their own lives. And they were ready to do anything or to suffer anything to save souls that were perishing. Such is the nature of love that we have received from God in Christ and that he calls us to show one another. We know that the self-sacrificing love of our Lord Jesus Christ, we know that it's given to the whole world, that it's given even to his enemies, And he calls us to love our enemies with this same love. But this love also includes, and in the upper room, is directed specifically towards his disciples. Love one another, he says to them, as I have loved you, love one another. Turns out, we're not just called to love our enemies, we're also called to love each other. We're called to love other Christians. Sometimes I wonder which is more difficult. One church uh, theologian, and commentator, J.C. Ryle, says, Of all the commands of our master, there is none which is so much talked about and so little obeyed, as this one. We know this verse. We say this verse. We believe this verse. We talk this talk. But we do not walk this walk. The church is as fractured and broken, perhaps now more as she has ever been, both in quality, the nature of the divisions, and in quantity, the number of the divisions. Again, Bishop N.T. Wright says, This is supposed to be the badge that the Christian community wears before the watching world. As we read this verse, verse 35, we are bound to cringe with shame at the way in which professing Christians have treated each other down through the years. We have turned the gospel into a weapon of our own various cultures. We have hit each other over the head with it, burned each other at the stake with it. We have defined the one another so tightly that it means only love the people who reinforce your own sense of who you are. And yet, Jesus Tells us. This is how everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And sometimes I think when I read this verse, or not. St. John Chrysostom writes Passing over the miracles that they were to perform, Jesus makes love the distinguishing mark of his followers. Miracles do not attract unbelievers, as much as the way you live your life, he says, and nothing brings about a proper life as much as love. We know what the talk is. We know how to talk the talk. May God give us grace in these days ahead to walk the walk, to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, that others would come to know and be filled with and saved by that same divine love. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.